This is Michelle Hoffman from the Science Desk. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. The only fruity pebbles in a bowl. Oh, here comes you know who. Yabba dabba fruit, delicious do. Oh, ho, ho, I'm hungry. Santa, my pebbles! Your pebbles! Tis the season to be sharing, Fred. Happy holidays, pal. Oh, Fred. Fruity and Cocoa Pebbles cereals, part of this nutritious breakfast. Ho, 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 ho. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847-475-1590, on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show, and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are, She's Lean and He's Green, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. That's not sad. <laughs> That's happy. That is a uh, happy, happy, hap- happy, happy, boing, boing, happy, happy, boing, boing radio. Hey, good morning, everybody, and happy new year. We're not in the new year yet, but we're just about to get there. And we're almost on Facebook Live. I know that uh, we're we're working with. We even got our logo up there. Ooh. Look at that in the in the show. We don't have the date on the show, but. Uh, well, we can add that. I know that uh, Randall, <laughs> Randall's been running around here like the <laughs> the proverbial chicken. Uh oh, I didn't hear any noise. There you go. All right, and uh, getting stuff ready. So you know, we're still experimenting with the uh, the Facebook Live with the three camera shot today. It's a two camera shot because we don't have anybody in the studio yet. Although, in the second hour, Rick DeMaio will be here. We think. Yeah, when we ask him to come to the studio, we're never sure whether he'll actually be here. <laughs> he said he'd be he here. He said he'd be here, so we will see, and and we will do a recap of some of the climate-slash-environmental stories mm-hmm. of the year. Before that, you and I will be doing very much the same thing. Envir- you know, so many stories. And you know what? I'm just going to say right now, and we have a guest uh, coming up uh, in the first hour, a couple of guests. Talk about recycling your tree, uh, your your Christmas lights, uh, all the junk, the wrapping that you have, all the the crud that the ribbons, comes your bows, your that boxes. comes with the holidays. You know, the it's it's almost as if the holidays were created just to create mess that can go into a landfill. Isn't that lovely? Wait a second. Uh, this is why the holidays exist, so that we can create crud. 
that goes into our landfills. So we're going to tell you how to get rid of them. You're welcome to call us, 847-475-1590. And what I was going to say a second ago was, if you just want to call and say Happy New Year, we'd love to hear from you. Our listeners out there, as we we lurch into 2018, I don't, I don't, I don't go gently into anything. I lurch <laughs> into everything out there. So, uh, and 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 if uh, Sonar looks at this uh, video, he'll say, "You're dancing with my microphone again." I'm trying not to dance with it, uh, Sonar. It's Try- New Year's Eve. It's uh, well, I'm just trying to get into positions because we get the new cameras and everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, call us eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. We would absolutely uh, love to hear from you uh, if you're a listener, regular listener, and we think 2018 is going to be a really good year for the show. We've got big plans, as they say. Uh, can't tell you all of them right now, so we're hoping We've that got some guests lined up already. Yeah, I know, um, and uh, some ideas for what we're going to do and where we're going to be and take the show on the road uh, like we did last year, um, and maybe. You know, maybe even in other cities, something, something like that. So uh, you know, stay and tuned. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, if, if you've got ideas out there for things you want us to cover next year. That's a good thing, too. Uh, yeah, post it on Facebook or tweet us at Mike Now on Facebook. It's The Mike Novak Show. Uh, on Instagram, it's The Mike Novak Show. Um, and we even look at Instagram from time to time. Although I have to admit, I haven't, I haven't looked at Instagram in a couple of okay, weeks. Okay, that might not be the best way to reach us. It might not, no, I would say that's not the best way to reach us. Uh, eventually, we will get to it if if you're uh, on Instagram. Um, and and if you're out there watching us on Facebook right now, please share the program. Yeah, just, just hit the share and share it to your page because the more shares, the more people see the show, the more people listen. All of that, 847-475-1590. We'd love to hear from you. When we come back, uh, Jennifer Molsky from the south side, not of uh, the city itself, but the suburbs, Homewood, Flossmoor. She and her husband started because they could. Oh, I love this story. Recycling Christmas trees and Christmas lights. She's going to be on. We're also going to bring in Kay McKean from Scarce, who's a, a friend of the show, and we love having her here. We're going to teach you how to do it right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Happy New Year's Eve. We'll be right back. It might be winter, but you can still visit farmer's markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. 
Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Maybe it's much too early in the game Oh, but I thought I'd ask you just the same What are you doing? I know what I'm doing. I'm doing radio. Broadcasting. And it's live. And we're here. We're actually in the studio. This is not a recording. It's a live show. Welcome to Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And uh, we. Uh, it's because we have no kind of life outside of this uh, radio station that uh, or this radio show. We got a comment from uh, Tracy who said, well, that just leaves more room for us to come up with great topics. What does? Having no life. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. That's all I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, welcome anyway, folks, and uh, we're, gl- we're glad you're here. And uh, we um, uh, are, again, happy to have your phone calls at 847-475-1590 if you want to be part of the action. And right now, we are going to go to the phones and bring in uh, somebody who's I- I've never had on the show, but I've been thinking of having for several years and she doesn't know that, uh, uh, and her name is Jennifer Molsky. Jennifer, are you with us? I sure am, Mike. Thank you. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Uh, I, somehow I got on your mailing list several years ago, um, and I'm not exactly sure how that happened, uh, but I started receiving uh, the information about your HF Christmas and Holiday Light Recycling Program, and HF stands for Homewood Flossmore on the uh, south side of the Chicago area. Correct. And uh, you guys, you're you're an inspiration. If if you go to my website, MikeNovak.net, and you look at this week's show, one of the things I wrote about what you did is the quote you have on your website, which is, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has which is one of the great quotes of all time, mm-hmm. certainly American. Um, Margaret Mead said that, and, and, and I'm fond of that quote, and so are a lot of people I know. And, and you, you did exactly that. That's what you did. You just said, you know what? This needs to get done. We're going to do it. So why don't you explain to the folks what that was that you uh, decided to do uh, around uh, Homewood Flossmore? Absolutely, sure. Well, um, it, when I was uh, in my younger days, in my 20s and 30s, I lived in the city of Chicago. And one of my favorite things, um, favorite times of year was in January, after the holidays had been completed, I always enjoyed driving around and seeing all the Chicago Park District facilities that were collecting trees to be recycled. 
Um, there were mounds and mounds of trees. Trees were spilling over into the street. And I just always liked that and thought it was great that Chicago residents were um, taking the time and making the effort to drop their Christmas trees off to be recycled. Um, my husband and I moved back to the Homewood Flossmore area, which we're both from. We moved back about nine years ago. And after our first Christmas season here, I um, was so surprised when I was driving around here and I saw all of these Christmas trees at the curb waiting to be re waiting to be um, picked up by the disposal companies. Mm. And it, it surprised me. And I thought to myself, we need to change this. We need to we need to um, start a Christmas tree recycling program out here for our residents. So that was kind of the initial thought process. And then after that, we um, uh, just went on to, to make that happen. You know, uh, and, and, and what you did is you just you just called people and said, hey, you want to be part of this? And pretty much they all said, yeah. Um, right, right. <laughs> Uh, and and so you had uh, folks in the neighborhood who said they would. You had a place you could drop them off. You had people who would help you. Um, what I want to get back to uh, for a second, though, is the idea that you go out there and it's not happening. And this is like, this is one of the easiest things you can do in terms of recovering materials. I am always surprised that because this is such low hanging fruit that you know you started this in. 2009, and it's just uh, stunning that something like this wasn't already going on. Do you have a sense of how many uh, suburban areas pick up trees? You know, I don't. I, I do understand that, um, you know, our disposal company out here, they will, um, they do pick up trees and, and, you know, just add them to the landfill. So, um, and I'm not sure the numbers of local Christmas tree recycling programs that are available. I know that we draw people from all over the Southland area, uh, Tinley Park, Orland Park, um, so uh, you know Markham, Richardson Park. We have quite a nice draw out this way. So I'm not sure of actually how many are happening over over this way. So you don't have to be a resident of Homewood Flossmore to drop off your tree. Absolutely not. Our, our program is free and is certainly open to anyone that wants to um, take the time to bring their tree to Irons Oaks for recycling. All right. And, and uh, that address is, do you have that handy? Um, I do have the address of Irons Oaks. It's on Balmer Road. Um, let me pull it up. It's actually in Olympia Field. Yeah, I believe it's 20,000. Um, yeah. Yeah. 20, Western Avenue. Western Avenue. 20,000 Western Avenue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a suggestion. <laughs> for sure. uh, a second, Jennifer, I went to your website. You didn't actually have the address up there. You kept saying, oh, oh just stop by the center. Uh, for somebody who's not who's not familiar with the area, they wouldn't know where that is. Sure. Uh, Thanks for the tip. Yeah, so I would I would add the uh, the actual address. Um, sure. And so folks can uh, they can drop off trees, but you also handle lights, don't you? Correct. A couple of years ago, um, we, we made a commitment to ourselves that each year we would kind of try to do something to grow the program, to expand. So about five or six years ago, we decided, um, again, due to an article we saw in the Chicago Tribune, um, we decided to add holiday lights recycling to mm -hmm. our program. So um, we start that the week of Thanksgiving, actually. We make um, donation boxes um, available in six different community locations. 
so people can drop off their lights when they're getting ready to decorate for the holidays and they find, you know, non-working light strings. They can donate anytime from around Thanksgiving through January 18th. And what happens to those lights? The lights, we actually have a partnership with Elgin Recycling. Mm-hmm. And Elgin Recycling, um, the lights are collected and housed at one of our park district facilities. And then at the end of the program, Elgin Recycling comes and picks up the lights to be recycled. And then they separate the lights by the copper wire, the glass, and then the, the plastic. And then okay. they recycle them from there. Uh, speaking of that, I think this is the point at which we bring in our friend Kay McKean, uh, who happens to be the founder and executive director of School and Community Assistance for Recycling and Composting Education. Nobody knows that whole name, but they... but except they for Kay. Except for maybe Kay. Kay's the only one, right? Maybe Beth. And I, I have to read it because I don't remember it. Uh, but it's, it's no, a long one. Yeah, it's also that's why they call it scarce. Uh, whoever, right. you know, go have another board meeting and say, we're just going to drop the first part. We're just going to call ourselves scarce from now on. There uh, you go. Um, how are you, Kay? Happy New I Year. I am good. Hey, you make a really good chicken noise, i got to tell you. It sounds strangely like... Yeah, that's a... Happy New Year. Um, the New Year's chicken. So, uh, working, uh, you haven't you also worked with the Elgin uh, recycling people? Yeah, we've been working with Elgin for over eight years. They really started, helped us start a great program. And uh, recently, I got to give a program to city clerks for the state of Illinois. And I had no idea how this idea had spread across the state. So, even though Elgin recycling is not across the state, some other scrap metal dealers have kind of taken up their idea up in Richmond, Illinois, and different places. So it's a great way. I know in DuPage County we've collected over a half a million pounds of holiday lights. Wow. That's a lot of copper, wow. and brass. That is fantastic. You know, I Isn't need that to... amazing? Yeah, and uh, so I have to ask the question, do you guys know each other? Have you ever met Jennifer? Not that I know of. No, I don't. I, I certainly know of scarce, but I, I'm just a volunteer, so I did kind of small potatoes out here on the south side. I'm sorry. No I, small potatoes. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, 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 nope. Hey, everybody uh, getting something done, right? I have. Right? Yeah, I have right. to. I have to differ, uh, Jennifer. What you're doing is fantastic, and uh, okay. you've been. You're you're a rock star. You've been recognized. You've had. Trib articles done on you and people. You got a grant? Uh, yeah, you got a grant to, to keep this thing going. This is not small potatoes. This is how big things get started. I think, Kay, you understand that, don't you? Yep, for sure. And Jennifer's right, too. A lot of park districts are the ones who started um, the Christmas tree recycling. I know out here in DuPage County, we have 39 communities, and all 39 communities have free Christmas tree recycling. Mm-hmm. And it's included in their hauler. The trick is, is that. They want the trees during the first two weeks in January. Yeah. Uh, other than that, then you'd have to find another location. But it, it did start with park districts and forest preserves, and they would chip them up and use them for mulch, which was great. Uh, great uh, opportunities. Well, it's a win-win if you take your tree in off, and you especially, you know, certainly you can go to the city of Chicago and do this. Now, how many communities do you say are recycling trees? Okay. In DuPage, it's 39, all 39. All, thir- all 39? Wow. wow. Yep. Okay. See, we don't know about 
the other counties. I know that Lake County has recycling programs. I, they I, sure I, do. Yeah, Swalco and the Forest Preserve District. And I put these up on and the web. Northern Co- yep, Swank, the Solway yep. Agency of Northern Cook, yep. Okay, so, yep. and well, and, and of course, the, the city of Chicago has a bunch of pickup places. Uh, and if you go to my website, MikeNovak.net, this week's show, you scroll down, um, and I have uh, 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 links to a lot of the different places where you can recycle. There's really no excuse. If you have a tree, there's no excuse for it going into the landfill. Two things I want to say really quickly is uh, Everett is on the phone. We're going to get Everett. We're gonna, hang on. We're going to get to you in a second, okay, because he's got a really, really great question. But before we do that, um, I wanted to address that whole idea of trees going into landfills because the state of Illinois, by law, has decreed that you cannot put organic waste in landfills. This is from 1989, folks. Um, and yet Christmas trees can go in there. Jennifer, what do you what do you know about that? There's there is an exemption, isn't there? There is an exemption, and to be honest, I I don't quite understand it, but you bringing up that question, um, you brought it up yesterday, and I think it's something I'd like to, you know, look into and see if we can't collectively um, learn more about it and see what can be done to possibly make a change. Mm -hmm. So, you guys, the exemption, the exemption is that it is not yard material. It's not your grass clippings and the branches from your yard. So that's the exception. Well, la-dee-da. La-dee-da. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's a sop to the uh, holiday because nobody, you know, wants, nobody wants to get in the way of Christmas. And uh, I understand wanting to celebrate Christmas. I don't understand the junk we create in honor of what, you know, what is, how, how are you honoring anything, the holiday, the, anything um, about the earth, anything about even religion, how are you honoring that by creating junk and putting it in landfills? You don't. So we need to get rid of the exemption, in, in my opinion. I don't think it'll happen. I can't even imagine that uh, any politician will touch that with, with a 10-foot Christmas tree. Well, uh, I, think, I think it's about 25 million more tons a year are made in America between Thanksgiving and New Year's. I think that's the number. Let's uh, let's get a tweet out about that. I think maybe Bruce is helping us with tweets this morning, Peggy. So uh, Amer- if- Americans throw away twenty five percent more trash between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Yep. Trying to find, I, I will try and find that, and maybe uh, yeah, like you said, maybe. So let me. There go- are some really good reuse ideas, and one of my favorites is um, Cub Scouts often will use those wood burning tools. Yeah. So you can slice up a tree trunk and make little medallions or coasters, coasters or yeah. Christmas ornaments and have the kids, you know, when they're dry, wood burn, Merry Christmas, Happy mm-hmm. New Year, whatever holiday. Um, some people even make birthday tags out of those to hang in trees. Um, they're also pretty good for putting peanut butter on. You can put peanut butter on there and feed the birds. So there are some really cute reuses for your Christmas tree, but my favorite really is to put it out this time of the year birds certainly need some places to hide from the wind in this mm-hmm. extreme holiday season that we're having, right? Yes. Um, give them a windbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, lean it up against something in your yard and let the birds hide in there for the winter, and then you can cut it up in the spring. A lot of people who have uh, vegetable gardens, they'll cut off the branches of a Christmas tree and lay it on top of their garden bed. It's like a little insulating layer. Sure. It's called duff in a forest, you know, but in your garden that just will protect those roots and that soil from getting too hard and freezing and thawed. So 
you know, there's a lot of good reuses, but I really like giving it a little place, safe place for birds. Yes, definitely. And wreaths and things like wreaths that you can't recycle because of all the wire in it. That's right. great to put out it, for the birds for now. You know, here in DuPage, we've got Willowbrook Wildlife Haven, part of our forest preserve. And they have a collection of animals who have been injured, hit by cars or whatever, right? And they like Christmas trees, wreaths, and those big, long ropings, boughs, um, as long as there's absolutely no tinsel, no forgotten Christ- Christmas hooks. And they will put them in the habitats with the animals. It's interest uh, for the animals, a little bit something different and something natural. So they can drape around those boughs, and um, the animals really enjoy something different. They get It's a very popular program, so they get too many trees sometimes and they'll put up a sign no more but people could call ahead Mm -hmm. and take a nice ride out to willowbrook it's a beautiful uh field trip for your family but then also help the animals that way uh and uh, that's Kay mckean from scarce we also have jennifer molsky on the phone and everett has been very patient so we're going to take a really short break and when we come back we're going to go to everett with his great question about a Christmas tree and how to dispose of it. And so I want Jennifer and Kay to uh, be ready to answer this. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. It's New Year's Eve, and we will be right back. You can now enjoy local food all season long at Winter Farmer's Markets, hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Hi, this is Bill from Playtime with Sid and Bill featuring Carrie Kendall. One to three every Sunday right here on 1590 WCGO. Do you think uh, <laughs> do you think Facebook is going to uh, pick out Glenn Miller and say no no let's you, hope not if no or Guy Lombardo maybe no 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 you don't have the rights to that no okay <laughs> hey welcome back to the Mike Novak show with Peggy Molecki and uh, it's New Year's Eve we're talking to Kay McKean oh that didn't work there we go. <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> and, and, and Jennifer Molsky. Jennifer started the Homewood Floss with your husband, right? I, we got, we need to give him with credit Tony. too, don't we? Yes, with my current husband, Tony. Okay, with your current <laughs> husband, Tony. Yeah. How many have you had? Just one. Oh, just okay. One. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, that I, sounds a little. That's uh... very funny. I like that. She's give give that woman. You can a, use that one. She's yeah. she's a funny one. All right, uh, and uh, let's go right now to uh, the phone lines. Bring in Everett, and thank you for being so patient, Everett. And uh, happy New Year to you. How you doing? Good. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year, Peggy. Happy New Year. Great guest as always. Thank you. Thank and, you. and so you got a question about Christmas tree, but it's a special kind of Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, how do we get rid of or recycle or dispose of artificial Christmas trees? I, I have a couple that I've been putting off replacing because mm-hmm. I feel a little dirty or a little guilty taking the sections and just throwing them into a bag and putting them out in the trash. So... Who wants to who wants to grab well, that? I will up? tell you, this is Kay from Scare. So we have really struggled with this as well. The scrap metal recyclers uh, really don't. Most of them do not care for those trees. There's so much plastic on those trees, ah. and it's really a pretty tough plastic. So um, maybe the main trunk part of your um, plastic Christmas tree is mostly metal. Um, if not, it truly is garbage. That's one of the problems with the, the plastic Christmas trees is there is no good disposal right now. We've had people who have actually <laughs> cut off as much of the plastic needles mm-hmm. so that they are just recycling more of the metal, and that works. It's a heck of a lot of work. Yeah. Well, can you, right. can you donate the tree? That's what I would say. There's a lot of, this is Jennifer, there's a lot of... Um, places now that will accept your, you know, whether it's a, a homeless shelter or a hospital or even a, um, you know, a, a dog rescue facility, a lot of places are looking for donations of um, plastic or fake holiday trees because they use them. So some of the stores, some of the Goodwills and some of the uh, organizations called the Restore, mm-hmm. yes. they do yeah. take trees, but they've got to have every single part they can't be missing parts or be broken, number one. And then number two, the more they can be taken down because they have to store them um, for an entire year before they bring them out. So, um, for instance, the Restore, I think they only accept them um, after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. um, and only Wait, for wait, wait. They only, they only accept uh, artificial trees after Thanksgiving? Yep, because they have no place to store them oh my for a year. That's, that's Wow. Okay. So it's really hard to store big Christmas well, trees. Well, they, they, so. and I, I, I would hope, however, that they take them at this time of the year. You know, like as you said before, uh, you can you got the first two weeks of the year to get your real tree uh, composted. But I, I, so I would hope the restore would accept artificial trees also in the first couple of weeks of January. They can't because the, the, to store those Wait. for a whole year, so, so they the, just the don't whole have store, that much storage space. Yikes. Because who's right. gonna who's gonna take it down? Nobody's gonna hold on to this <laughs> until November. <laughs> Some people, I guess, they do because they want to benefit Habitat for Humanity, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But you're right, wow. reuse is fabulous if they can if they have all the parts. See, um, this that's the best. This is okay. This is yet here we go another one of those cul-de-sacs where we cannot find a way to even recycle something that a lot of people have 
because it's just too complicated. There's too many. There's no market for. There's it, no right. market, and there's no. It just it's all wrong. We've we've ba- right. we've we've backed ourselves into a dead end, and we're stuck there with that. Well, and another thing that people can do is, in one word, Pinterest. There's a lot of yeah. ways to creatively upcycle plastic Christmas trees, whether painting them or breaking them down and making floral arrangements. So they're, they're, they can be upcycled. Jennifer, right? I, Jennifer, I love you for, <laughs> for, for suggesting this. There's a lot of people out there who are not interested in being creative. Right. They, they want it. Want they want it, it easy. They, they want to dispose. They want it. They want it. Well, you know, and they they, they still want to do it right, mm-hmm. but. They don't want to spend the next week looking at options. They're not right. going to. They're understand. not going to do it. I understand. You know, so the best news. That's one of the reasons uh, more and more you know people are understanding that they can buy a live Christmas tree. Yes. And then you actually, they're even letting you adopt them now for Christmas season, and then they'll pick them up. There's a new company doing that. Um, some people dig the hole in their own yard mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. Christmas tree. They buy a live one, the hole is ready, the mulch is there, they cover it with uh, plywood or something, and then after Christmas, they put the tree out there and yeah. put bales of hay kind of around it as they, bear, as they you know, cover the roots, Right. and then that tree is there for the whole year, um, you know, so or, there, or, more or, people or, are doing uh, live trees yeah. and adopting trees. Yeah. Or until the spring, you know, so, it's, it's when, you're, when you're doing that and putting it in the ground, it's, it's basically a holding area and right. obviously you have to in a winter like this you need to have dug the hole a month ago right, because right. Yep. if the ground yeah, cover is... the hole with <laughs> yep mm-hmm. yeah. so everett i don't well, know if that's the answer you were looking for it's a start <laughs> everett, you know, everett, you're, you're, one of the things that we get is people when they buy a fake christmas tree or they get a fake christmas tree from how, however they get it some of them have the lights on it yeah and even getting the lights off is pretty tricky um, but at least on. the lights can be recycled. Well, and that and that and tinsel. Yes. You know, so that's the, the problem. That's just, uh, exactly. We put all this junk, more junk, mm-hmm. and we put it on there, and then we 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 think we can just turn it over to somebody and say, "Fix it for us. Yeah. Fi- fix right. the mess we all made." All that garland. We yeah. call those tanglers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, Everett, thank you for calling. I wish we had a better answer for you. I really do. Well, thank you, Mike. And uh, Mer- uh, I, I, Happy Mer- New Year. We're past Merry Christmas. It's Happy New Year to you. And, th- and thanks for listening, and thanks for calling in. Happy New Year to you guys. <laughs> hey, let me add, before we let Everett go, do we have, is there anything we haven't given away during the holidays? I'm sure we can find something for Everett. All right. We're, uh, we're going to get your information, Everett. We're going to figure out, we're going to send you something because you're trying. You're trying to do this right. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. All thanks, right. Everett. Talk to you soon. So there's there's Bye. an interesting quote. Um, By the way, eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. If you got a, a question or a comment about this, and yes, Peggy, there's a on, on Huffington Post. Huffington Post. It's uh, twenty sixteen EPA figures. We talked about uh, actually in the break on Facebook that Americans are generating an additional one million tons of household waste between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And is somebody from as as a uh, environmentalist said to the the Post. Quote, there's this frenzy of expectations. It's a time we feel pressure to spend, to make, to do, to bake, to cook. And we wind up being a little more lax on our environmental ethics and our consumption. And then now what do we do with it all? And it's, it's like it's just part of the culture 
And well, yeah, how we do ha- we change that? We have to change the culture, and that's and uh, you just mentioned some ways, Kay, which is the idea of a live tree. And if you're gonna if you're gonna cut one down, uh, then know what you're going to do with it. Be prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know it, it was uh, interesting. Both of you will will understand and appreciate this. Last night, I was putting the blog together, and I was thinking I need a photo for this, and um, didn't know what to do. I ran out uh, out of out of the house on an errand, okay, and was driving down an alley in Chicago. Boom. There was a tree. There it was. There it was. The tree that's the photo that is on Mm -hmm. my website right now was taken last night at about 7 p.m. And it was a tree sitting behind a blue cart and a black cart because they were they were just tossing it. They they didn't care. Uh, And it still stuns me that people do that. They are that inconsiderate. And um, it's it's. And what always gets me is it's a tree. Even if it was for Christmas, it's a tree. And you're just throwing it in the garbage, and that's the mental attitude of it's just garbage. <laughs> yeah. So we, right. ha- we have to get out of that, and that's, that's what we're trying to break free of yeah. here. But meanwhile, we have people like uh, Jennifer Molsky in Homewood Flossmoor who's – and by the way, I want to go to uh, – your success uh, in doing that, Jennifer, you started in 2009. Um, over in seven years, you've collected an estimated 4,300 Christmas trees, um, and you've collected 6,400 pounds of non-working or broken holiday lights. That's correct. That's amazing. Give that woman a ding. Now, I know Congratulations. That, yeah. I mean, this is just one woman and her husband deciding to make a difference in the world. And that's the way it works. And, Kay, you know about this because you've collected tons and tons of stuff. But um, it's good to, to – I think you two ought to hook up. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys – I'd love to. <laughs> That'd so, be great. I've, I have another question for Kay and, yeah. and for Jennifer, too. So we talked a little on the break on this, too. Everyone's now throwing out all the holiday food, the cookies, the everything that's left over. What else can they be doing with it? I, well, really, we food scrap um, composting, I hope. Uh, Jennifer? And I was going to say, too, well, um, one of the things, we have a very, very active uh, PADS community, Positive Action to Deliver Shelter, mm-hmm. uh, that cares for the, um, the homeless men and women out here in the Southland. And they are always looking for donations of food for their, uh, their members of their shelters. So that's one way. If you have extra food, any holiday pies or turkey or cookies, candies, um, a lot of us out here will donate them to um, our local shelter. That's fabulous, and it's always uh, good to have that information. Hey, listen, I want to thank you both for being on the show. If you want more information, if you live in the South Side, and you, you and and as Jennifer said earlier, you don't have to live right in those suburbs to take advantage of it. Uh, and for that, you go to hfchristmastreerecycling.com, HF as in Homewood Flossmore, christmastreerecycling.com. Uh, if you're in DuPage County, you need to get in touch with Scarce. And, of course, the uh, the website for that, I can't find it right now. What is it, Kay? Scarce.org, S-C-A-R-C-E.org. I figured it was that simple. Scarce.org, <laughs> of course. Yes, that's me. Uh, happy New Year to both of you. Thanks so much, and keep up the good work. Thanks, you Thank guys. you. Happy, happy New Year. Year. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More to come. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
you ready to take your holiday giving to a new level? Get involved with the Give Healthy movement. Here's how it works. You visit the webpage of the drive you want to support. Pick out the food items you want to buy. They'll deliver them for you once the drive is over. You get a tax receipt, folks get healthy food, boom, done. They'll also work with your organization or food drive. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policies. So it's almost like teaching three classes. The meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? There's a custom in Mount Idy everyone should face. If they did, this world of ours would be a better place. For miles around the folks all meet. I think he'll get to the point in a second here. Do <laughs> you recognize the voice? Not off the they top. Raise up their voices to sing. Not Mike Jackson. No. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Come to the party, do. Yikes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We'll save a place for you. Uh, he was on the Hollywood Squares for a long time, back in the day. Charles Nelson Riley? No. <laughs> I don't know. Charlie Weaver. Like, I'm talking about, you never, you don't know, Ch- oh, now, now I'm hurt. Now I'm hurt that you've never heard of Charlie Weaver. I may Weaver. have heard of him, but I certainly uh, would not have come up with that as the song. You're, well, no, that's not how Charlie Weaver is particularly remembered, I'm sure, but... Wow, you're killing me here. Okay, here's a message for about 50% of you gardeners out there. The rest of you hang on for about 30 seconds or so, okay? You 50%ers, admit it. Your garden was a disaster this year. Even the neighborhood dogs didn't want to have anything to do with it. So, for 2018, I have some advice. Get yourself a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It has articles, pictures, advice, calendars of events, pretty much everything you need to go from being a garden zero to a garden hero. And if you read my column on the inside back page of every issue, you'll think, hey, if he can do it, I can do it, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's only natural. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. 
800-227-3600. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Um, until Rick DeMaio gets here, and we think he's going to be here about 1030, mm-hmm. roughly. Yeah, I said he'd be here at Um A couple of things that I got from my buddy Dan Costa. And Dad, if you're listening. Oh, wait. Let's give him one of these. Happy New Year. Uh, when we were talking about perennials the other week, he, he wrote, he's written to me a couple of things recently, and, um, he works at Vern Gower's Greenhouse in Hinsdale, and he was, we were talking about perennials that didn't make it into the ground. He says, uh, every, you know, and here we are at zero degrees, so you're not digging in anything at this point. Uh, he says uh, he has some left every fall, so they go in the mulch with his bonsai. See, he's got bonsai, and, it, 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 and he's got one of your bonsai. He's got too. one. Of, he's yeah. had one of mine for a year and a half. Okay, here's what happened. <laughs> I went. I went to his event, which was the uh, Prairie State Bonsai Society, mm-hmm. and they have an annual event at the Morton Arboretum, and this was in August of last year, I believe. Yes, and. I entered the raffle, and I won a bonsai. Um, and uh, Dan said he needed to trim it up and make it look nice. I said, okay, that's fine, and then I'll get it. Well, I've never gotten it yet, and so he's got it. And what happens with bonsai, and you should know, folks, uh, when you're buying bonsai and you think you're going to keep them indoors, mm-hmm. and you know you buy them at the Target or wherever, Walgreens or whatever, and you, and you think you're going to keep it indoors all year, mm-hmm. you're going to kill it. Yep. Uh, most bonsai are meant to be outdoors. They're they're outdoor plants. Um, Too dry indoors. Uh, not enough light. All, yeah, mostly. Yeah, all of that stuff. Not enough light. Too dry. Whatever. They need uh, dormancy. Um, that they're not going to get indoors and that sort of thing. And I'm sure my mm-hmm. just saying that if Dan's listening, he's busily he's he's, <laughs> he's typing right he's now. typing right now. Uh, and so they're uh, they're you know they're 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 meant to they're, they they sell them so that you can kill them basically is the way it works. So Dan has all these bonsai out in his backyard, and what he does he mulches them in, mm-hmm. and that's how they survive the winter. Uh, and he put mine in with that, uh, and he says that uh, if you have other plants you still have not planted, put the pots on the ground in a shaded location like the north side of a building. I mean, this might be a little too late for, for folks because of the weather outside, but he said this earlier. Um, then you cover the entire pot with mulch. Pine bark or hardwood work fine. Just leave them there until the mulch mulch thaws in the spring. End mm-hmm. of story. So if you've got mulch that that you can put, especially if it's in a bag, bring it in the house. Bring it in the basement. Let it thaw. You can take a plant out there and still cover it with mulch. Um and he says, yes, the soil in the pots will freeze. That is okay. Uh, Kay was mentioning about taking boughs, Christmas boughs. And I used to do this. I still do sometimes. I'll drag a tree out of the alley, mm-hmm. and I'll cut off the boughs, and I'll throw them on my garden. The purpose of the mulch, as Dan writes, is not to keep the ground from freezing. It's going to freeze. It's to prevent rapidly changing temperatures in the soil. Soil in an exposed pot will follow the temperature of the surrounding air. Plant roots hmm. cannot handle those rapid temperature changes or very low temps that may occur. So you won't get the very, very low if you're mulching. It'll protect it somewhat. 
The mulch traps some of the geothermal heat coming up through the soil. It helps to slow the temperature changes and keeps the soil warmer hmm. than if it was exposed to the air temperature. Your bonsai, he writes to me, is sitting on the ground and everything below the foliage is covered in mulch. This tree and all of mine will winter just fine like that. So that's the explanation. It's all warm and cozy. So it's, uh, you know, it's not keeping the ground from freezing, but it's keeping the temperatures from getting ridiculous. It's probably keeping some moisture in, too, I would think. Uh, I don't know. It's frozen, you know, perhaps. Uh, but it, when, it's, when it's frozen, it's not escaping anyway. And you, the tree can't take up moisture and uh, it can't transpire. Well, it can transpire. Uh, it, you know, that's part of the problem with evergreens in the winter is that they they stop taking up moisture in the roots, but the needles can still mm-hmm. release moisture. And that's how those trees get desiccated in winter, especially if there's not a snow cover or something like that. Uh, and that's why people use those anti-desiccants uh, uh, for the winter. Uh, he also wrote about a couple of other things uh, a couple of articles he saw in uh, Inside Grower, which is from Ball Publishing. Um, and um, one of them, very quickly, says that Nature Fresh Farms is a Canadian greenhouse vegetable grower. They built 45 acres of tomato greenhouses in Delta, Ohio. They plan to expand to almost 180 acres over seven years, with 45 more acres as the first step. The plan is to hold is on hold Due to difficulties finding labor, they would need 90 to 100 new full-time year-round employees for the expansion. Pay would be $12 an hour to start with possibility to $18 with more experience. The problem is that Canadians and Americans don't want to do greenhouse work. And, of course, he mentions this is at a time when we're telling uh, immigrants to get out of Dodge because we don't need them. They interviewed about 600 people for the jobs. About 30 to 40 percent did not pass a drug test. This was for heavy drugs and not marijuana. They hired almost 300 people, but some never showed up. 40 were dismissed and 90 quit in the in the first few days. And, and his, so the business and is his, on hold. His comment is, yeah, the business is on hold. And he says his comment is, uh, any wonder why... Uh, Hispanics take the majority of green industry jobs because they work hard and they will yeah, get it done. And and he's also commented on, on Farmed Here, I think. And yeah. the same thing, their labor costs were just too high. Farmed Here was in Chicago, was a large warehouse growing business in Bedford Park. Um, the parent company said it was due to high labor and energy costs plus increased competition. The company spent $23 million for 90,000 square feet of warehouse space, set up five layers of growing beds. The cost plus the cost of operating the lights in the aquaponics system proved to be too high. And this year, they went out of business. And Uh, took out their warehouse in Louisville, Kentucky as well. Yeah. All right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More stories like this when we come back. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be... Perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak, 
I'm familiar with his work. And so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. AroundTheBlockPress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and put my hands in the dirt. Yeah, well, good for you. Oh, I mean, hi. We're back. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to the... Yes. (laughs) And Happy New Year. So, uh, from the if you were listening in the first hour, and we hope you were, uh, and and by the way, we've got a lovely two camera shot on Facebook, and I do believe that uh, we're, I think we're, we're yeah, live again. Are yeah, we live again, Rand- Randall? Randall says we have this. Yeah, you're gonna love this. We have to skip our bump music at the top of the second hour because Facebook will will kick us off. Yeah, in case you're wondering where we went last week. Yeah, be, why the wonderful slice video never made it. To Facebook uh, is because Facebook is mean. Okay, they're mean, um, and uh, I'm I'm going to have a little sit down meeting this what? week with Mark Zuckerberg. We're going to have a little chat. Really, little heart to heart. Wow. Just, yeah. Well, you know, uh, our people, uh, everybody I know is 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 friends with somebody famous. For instance, Casey Tomato just tweeted that he knows Charlie Weaver. Um, so I'm, and I'm thinking that's interesting because Charlie Weaver's been dead for at least 30 years. So, uh, I, I don't know, but, uh, uh, Kathleen, thank you, Kathleen, Charlie, uh, or rather <laughs> Charlie Weaver didn't tweet anything. He's been dead for 30 years. Uh, Casey tomato tweeted and Kathleen wrote on Facebook. She said, uh, by the way, Charlie Weaver was just the character. Yes, that's true. Charlie Weaver was just the character. Okay. The actor was Cliff Arquette, grandfather of Rosanna, Patricia, David, and all the other little Arquettes. Aw, all you little Arquettes. And what scares me is that that's how everybody knows them now, not because of Charlie Weaver and Cliff Arquette, but because they are, because they made it into the business on their own, so to speak. I'm using air quotes for that. Uh, But thank you, Kathleen, and thank you... Casey Tomato and Happy New Year to both of you. And Casey, we're wondering if you actually did know Charlie Weaver or did you just know that Charlie Weaver was Cliff Arquette? Anyway, so I, I and if you're wondering where that is and you just joined us, it's because I played a New Year's song um, uh, featuring Charlie Weaver in the first hour. And I need At to play something else right now. Because, uh, simply because Randall put it together, and we love Randall, <laughs> and I played it last week, and we <laughs> we have to play it again. Oh! 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, really, really. And I have uh, I have uh, taken something out of that because it's it's, it's important. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And it's this. Uh-oh. Shut up, Wesley. So now this becomes a uh, a new part of the Mike Novak show. And I'm going to assume that Donald Trump's middle name is Wesley, so that so, <laughs> so that so that I can say. Shut up, Wesley. All right. I'm just going to play it as often as I can whenever the guy in the White House does something stupid. Shut up, Wesley. All right. This is what is going to happen. (sighs) I feel better already. I say, you know what? It's therapeutic. 2018 looks really bright Mm -hmm. at the moment. Okay. That kind of catches us up on all the... uh, uh, later in the hour, later today, uh, we think uh, there will be a Rick DeMaio sighting in, in studio. In studio. How cool. <sighs> yeah. And we'll talk uh, about various climate things. Uh, we're going to get to some of those stories. We've put a bunch of them at MikeNovak.net. Peggy and I went back over the year uh, at the things we'd covered uh, and uh, some things that required follow-up. Wanna, uh, let me start very quickly because I know we just got uh, a couple of minutes here. Uh, was recycling. And you know how I feel about the city of Chicago recycling. Mm-hmm. It's a catastrophe, okay? You want to talk about natural catastrophes. This is a a city-made catastrophe, their recycling program. So I, I, I noted with interest when the Chicago Reader put Chicago's recycling program under their 2017 Worst of Chicago list. I saw that. Thank you very much. Uh, and I'm very happy uh, to say, you know, it doesn't make me happy that, that we can't recycle, but I'm glad somebody else is noticing. Kate Schmidt from the Chicago Reader put that up there. And sh- and the, the headline was, Chicago's dismal recycling rate punctures any sense of civic pride. And it's ab- absolutely true because they had all the... All those mayors come in. You and I went to the big mayor mm-hmm. uh, where they signed the climate pact, um, and more mayors have signed on to it. And I see you even got cheat sheets on it there. I haven't printed it out. Uh, you even printed it out. Uh, look at that, the, the Chicago Climate Charter. Um, and to me, it's bogus. You can't even recycle, Rom. Why are you bringing these people in and saying, we're going to follow the Paris Accords? You cannot get recycling done in the city of Chicago. You're a fraud, all right? I'm just letting you know, just telling you. under 10%. It's the simplest, you know, this, I talked about low-hanging fruit in the first hour. This is low-hanging fruit. Just get the, get the recycling up to 15%. It doesn't have to be 25. Let's start at 15. We can't even get 10. All right. All right. There you go. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More rants <laughs> when we return. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. 
It might be winter, but you can still visit farmer's markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old Thank you, Brian Wilson. He's a genius. <laughs> I got to tell you that uh, he's nuts. <laughs> nuts, totally nuts, but a genius. But he's a uh, genius. Yeah. What are you going to do about that? Hey, let's get back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Balecki. Uh, we were talking about the Chicago Climate Charter, and I was busting Rahm Emanuel's chops before the break, but you were going to note something about this. Um one of the more advanced, if you want to say, towards climate communities has been San Francisco under the now late Mayor Edwin Lee, who just passed away a couple of years, right, a couple weeks right, ago. Right, he dropped um, dead. Yeah, heart attack. Yeah, yeah, and he was here at the climate summit. He, oh, wait, that's why you were. You're like, yeah. did you see the? Yeah, and I couldn't. Yeah, I was I, just talking I was to thinking, him a couple, you know, the prior week. Holy smoke. See, see, I didn't make that connection because I wasn't there at the same time you were, so I didn't realize you had yeah, met him. I had just stopped. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, He was... Okay, yeah. okay. So one of the topics we had talked about last February was um, Chicago divesting its pension funds from fossil fuels. 
And there doesn't seem to be much action on that that I've been able to find. So if anybody knows anything, please. Well, you know, we had Alderman John yeah. Arena on, gosh, was it was February. February 8th. Wow. That's a long time ago. And I think it's time to have him back yeah. and to talk about this, uh, whether the city has followed through. because And it, it was limited what they were going to be mm-hmm. able to accomplish by divesting from the bus, pension funds. The, yeah. pen, the pension yeah. funds, very limited. But in, in, in San Francisco, Edwin Lee on December 11th posted that in January, uh, San Francisco um, it was planning to divest from the fossil fuel industry in the pension fund. Uh, it was going to be voted on, and they fully expected it to move forward. And they're planning to totally divest the city that's of San Francisco. Excellent. Good for them. Um, so, you know, very nice. You know, that's another way you can follow through. Uh, Mr. Mayor in mm-hmm. Chicago, if uh, make sure it happens, and and it might have already because we didn't do the follow up. But yet on nothing that, we, that I was able to find anywhere online. Right. It. You, so it if you, you did you announce about, it. Yeah, you talk about those issues, and then they drop out of sight. And you, sometimes you have to dig really, really hard to find more about that information. Okay. A few other things we've got here as we, as I said earlier, lurch into twenty. 18, some of the stuff that we've covered this year and that we, we posted uh, on the website. And you can go to MikeNovak.net. You go to this week's show, uh, scroll down. I got a number of issues and links so you can do your own research on them, find out what's going on. Uh, we're going to talk climate and weather when uh, Rick DeMaio gets here uh, in, in about 20 minutes or so. Um, and uh, glyphosate. We uh, interviewed Carrie Gillum on the show not that long ago, on December 3rd, so only a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote uh, Whitewash, the story of weed killer, cancer, and the corruption of science. And uh, it was all about uh, glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, if you use Roundup. And, and it's a very controversial subject uh, to say that anybody has the straight skinny on this, they're lying. They're just they're not telling the truth because it is still up in the air. Uh, and there are those who want. Let's let's face it. Everybody's got an agenda. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people out there who want glyphosate to be labeled as carcinogenic, which was done by the United Nations group. All right. I watched a very interesting video about that yesterday. I was doing some research, and I didn't post it. I was, you know, when you do research, you sometimes run across stuff. And it was the difference between uh, something as a possible carcinogen. That was the grist one you did post. Uh, well, no. There is actually a video that didn't make it. Okay. Um, and, it and it shows the difference between uh, something that's considered a possible carcinogen and a probable carcinogen. And the, idea, the analogy was a rock. If the rock hits you in the head, it it, it, it will uh, probably hurt you. It could possibly hit you in the head, but you'd have to set something up to mm-hmm. make that happen. So, and that was kind of the analogy they used for glyphosate as a carcinogen that we don't know. And maybe the circumstances have to be exactly right for you to be affected by this, this chemical. But so, it could happen. But it could happen. And that's that was the the United Nations group was erring on the side of safety, which I don't think is a bad thing. It's a bad thing for the people who have money invested 
in glyphosate because that makes it harder for them to sell their product. Mm -hmm. And it has to be labeled as more dangerous than it is now. Um, And it's also a problem in that, all right, and and I started to say, and I sidetracked myself, which is there's two groups here that, (laughs) I know, I'm highly distractible, (laughs) as we all know. So, uh, you know, all I got to say about that. Shut up, Wesley. And I'm doing that for myself. Uh, it didn't even go off. I know, the thing won't go off. You've got to be careful that you lose a... Um, there's two groups. One group wants, hopes that it's proved to be carcinogenic. The other group is hoping that it's not. And they, they will go out of their way on either side to... For, why? What's the and problem? And it's almost intertwined because the groups that hope... Some of the groups that hope it's not want it to be. It's not even that they hope it's not. If you go on the so-called, and I'm using air quotes here, the science forums, mm-hmm. they'll say, uh, well, it's not been proven that it's carcinogenic. Okay? So if you think it is, you're anti-science. And then the people on the on the other side say, well, it hasn't been proved that it's perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. So if if you're on that, on the, in favor of the chemical, you're not paying attention to the data. And in, on both sides, in both cases, it's being used as a fundraiser. Yeah, and I get, I get a lot of emails from these various groups who say, we must immediately stop using glyphosate. We must immediately stop using neonicotinoids. We must immediately stop using this chemical, that chemical. Um, you know, in, in some cases, uh, they, they can be used. Here's what I will say is that, I think we go nuts and overuse everything. We're we're I think the we've gotten into the habit of some if some is good more is better mm-hmm. and that's where we get in trouble. And that's certainly the case with glyphosate or a or uh, EG Roundup uh or neonicotinoids whatever. And we don't take the time really to investigate how safe these products are. You know, talking about GMOs. I think there's really good evidence that they are not particularly harmful to us. The problem is we never stopped to study that before we mm-hmm. put them into our environment. And, and it, that's where I get, because there's been no transparency. There was no transparency. And that's where you, where I get my knickers in a twist is when you just do it without telling us. And then you come back and say, well, don't worry. It was safe. Well, I didn't have a say in it in the first place, really. And and by itself it was safe, but then we added on glyphosate, and we added on neonicotinoids, and we added on all the other chemicals. Well, and that's and 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 then the other thing we don't talk about in this argument, and it's a huge part of the argument: is it healthy to have a corporation like Monsanto, like Syngenta, uh, like Bear, Bear, to control so much of the industry that everything has to f- be funneled through them, uh, and. And that's another thing I have an issue with. Mm-hmm. This is not good. It's it's like Comcast and AT and T taking over the cable world and and throttling down our 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 our, our internet service. Uh, we're 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 you know half as good as <laughs> as if you were in Europe, and we don't even know it. And we're you paying know, triple for it, right? And we're paying through the nose and the prices. I just noticed my Comcast price. Thank you, Comcast. You ugly toads. You. Uh, ah. for for raising my rates again, and they're going to say, "Well, we didn't do it. It's the city of Chicago jacking yeah, up." Yeah, it's tax. all the taxes. Oh, well, oh, and oh, it's, oh. it's true. A lot of it is, but somehow the rates just always go up. 
somehow. Yep. The service doesn't get any better, but the rates go up. But that doesn't have anything to do with glyphosate. <laughs> that was just another rant. So, so all, all, all I got Okay, s- that gets up. Shut up, Wesley. All right. Uh, All righty so, then. So, in, uh, you could be really sorry you made that for us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Never. <laughs> so we have this book that when we interviewed uh, author Carrie Gillum and and you know saying that uh, the idea of glyphosate and its use is is controversial is is an understatement. So the EPA, in its wisdom, comes out in December. And the headline here that I have is U.S. EPA says glyphosate not likely to be carcinogenic to people. Okay. They're on the side of, you know, that that's in that spectrum I was talking about. Mm -hmm. The people who want to really, really hope that it's not carcinogenic. And they have their science working on that. Here's the problem with that. I don't trust anything the EPA says now. 9, 10, 11, 11 months now into the new regime. Oh, yeah. I don't, how do you trust them? They're trying to, it's, it's been proven, it's shown that the goal of this administration is to dismantle the EPA, to dismiss its scientists or to get them to quit. To Why win. would I believe anything they say, anything at all? So when the EPA comes out and says, Glyphosate not likely to be carcinogenic. I eh, I shrug my shoulders and say, more propaganda. Okay? Yeah. So Yeah, who's paying for that study? Who's paying for the study? Exactly. So there you go. Yeah, I, that's that's where I stand on it. And I don't think this is going to be resolved anytime soon. It's going to continue to be very, very controversial. Uh, monarch butterflies, however, that's very interesting. Yeah. Because uh, you sent me a couple of articles that were very cool. Um, and a little disturbing, mm-hmm. uh, one of which is that because of the warm temperatures we had in the fall, a lot of monarchs did not make the journey south as fast as they should have or as soon as they should they have. They were still counting monarchs November 5th in New York City. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and those monarchs are never going to make it. Where maybe they will. Who knows? Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. I mean, it would be interesting to track a monarch that leaves New York City on no- in November and see whether it ever gets to Mexico. Yeah, I, basically it was a Yale Climate Connections article that we've linked on the Mike Novak show page um, saying that cooler temperatures in August kept them from migrating. Then it warmed up, and all of the warm southerly breezes kept them from being able to leave mm-hmm. as well. And the big concern in migration was that all of the plants that they feed on were going to be gone. Yeah, by that time. Yeah. So how are they going to feed themselves on the way until they get to Right. The kind of warmer climb where they're year-round. Right, and because this is the long generation, the one that overwinters in Mexico and then flies back north. They have to gain a lot of weight to get there and to survive the entire winter. So you sent me a couple of uh, articles, and one was from phys.org, mm-hmm. P-H-Y-S, as in... Physics. Physics.org. Um and that headline was Misplaced Monarchs, Clusters of Butterflies Stuck Up North. And it was a similar yeah. uh, story. They were uh, showing them in Point Pelee, um, uh, which is the southernmost point of Canada, into Lake Erie on October 25th. There were still thousands of them. Yeah. Um, and although we had, well, and then it got very, very cold in mm-hmm. 
what was it? It was was it October that was cold and November warm? October, I think so. October was very warm. Was it October? You yeah. know, Demayo will tell us because yeah. he'll be. Because yeah. <laughs> I know one of the. It was weird. We had the weather wasn't cooperating. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put it that way. But um, so that story was about how the warm weather had kept a lot of monarchs north. And then the other story that you added was uh, before then, however, the counts were way up. So that makes me wonder the yeah. counts were up, but then the monarchs were not able to get south. So does that mean that the counts are going to be down when they do it in in the winter in Mexico? Yeah, one of the articles that I had read, uh, yeah, it was the, the phys ed, the, or the, the phys org. <laughs> See, I know, phys, phys ed. Uh, it's, org, fizzy it's, soda. You don't spell it F-I-Z-Z. It's P-H-Y-S. It's N saying, um, hopes that this would be a big bounce back year have now dwindled. Taylor wouldn't say it was a good year, but not as bad as some others, especially the horrible 2013-2014 season when so many of them were lost in migration and winter storms. And it still says, not all is lost. And as Doug Terran said in that other DNA Info article, you can't go off a season or two. It's long-term trends. Right, you have to you have to pay attention to the again, as you say, the longer term. We're in it for the long haul here. It's a marathon. Um, at least I hope it is for the monarchs. Okay, we we got to get out of here in sixty. Uh, one of the other quick things we'll, we'll talk about is the Virgil family hoop house. We had the Virgils on October fifteenth. They had a hoop house in Elmhurst, and it was controversial. The city didn't want them to have it there. They took the thing to court, and unfortunately, in December. Uh, DuPage County judge dismissed the suit against Elmhurst. So they're trying to decide if they're going to appeal. Yeah, I, I don't know. I and I asked him on the show, why not just build a smaller hoop house? And, and wonder if the city would let them do that. I don't know. Hey, I see a Demayo out there in the cold. He'll He's be got right his in. Muffs on. Great. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Climate and weather next. We humans produce 40 million tons of e-waste every year, but only about 12.5% of it gets recycled. In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. E-waste is predicted to increase to 65 million tons by 2017. Yikes! So what is e-waste? Discarded electronics, computers, laptops, cell phones, TVs, DVRs, etc., Here are a couple of ways to unload your electronics responsibly. Donate them to local charities, such as cell phones to battered women's shelters. Find an electronics recycler near you. It's important to do your homework and make sure that wherever you dispose of your electronics, they are handled responsibly. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low-stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. 
Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. Okay, hold on one second. Uh, Rick DeMaio came in here, and I, and I need to play... Uh, a little something for him, and I want to make sure that T T T. Where it is? Oh, there it is. Number seven. Yeah, take okay. take your choice. All right. While while you're setting up, Rick, um, in in honor of Rick DeMaio. <laughs> When my mother-in-law begins to yell and shout To the window I would like to throw her out But I resolve not to do it, here is why I'm afraid of hitting someone passing by Okay, Uh, Spike Jones And the City Slickers And the City Slickers Shut up, Wesley Okay, we had to throw that So I I need to get to, uh, when it gets to the end, I want to play Uh Uh-oh, look, what are you showing us? Uh, that's the little mesoscale uh, area of low pressure that is moving down the length of the lake. Oh, that's and producing that, heavy lake effect snow. And and that's over gonna, Lake Michigan. And that's over Lake Michigan isn't is that going to back up? I don't think so. No, oh, that's like, what we were worried about the last couple of days. Let's see if you was, might be able to hold it up to that camera and get it. Yeah, let's see. So well, there's uh, a camera over your head. So what happens is when you have uh, light winds, which we had this morning. And you have a very warm lake, which is what we have now, and extremely cold temperatures. Um, it almost acts like like a hurricane, where mm. you're getting this tremendous amount of latent heat, and the the wind from the west side of the lake and the east side of the lake and the south side of the lake converge. The air goes up, and as long as you have some sort of movement of the system from north to south, you actually generate circulation. When this area of mesoscale low pressure moved through the upper peninsula of Michigan yesterday. Mm-hmm. They had 60-mile-per-hour wind gusts in Marquette, wow. and believe it or not, they had gust natos with snow in them. Ooh. So you literally had snow natos, something that is extremely rare. It's literally a water spout with snow in it. Mm-hmm. You don't see that too often. No. Uh, but you had them over uh, eastern sections of Lake Erie uh, a couple of days ago, and then yesterday across the UP of Michigan. And... If you have a good camera or a webcam looking at the south end of Lake Michigan uh, this morning, uh, if anybody is on a high-rise or in a high-rise, <laughs> want, to make, want to make sure you're in the high-rise, not on. Not today. It's a little chilly out there. You may actually see some water spouts on the south end of Lake Michigan. This really? is really amazing wow. stuff, yeah. Wow. With snow in them. Yeah, it's very, very rare. Uh, but this looks like if anybody is traveling east on 8094, um, probably in another two or three hours, be prepared for, like, Literally an eighth of a mile of visibility and two to three inches of snow per hour. Wow. Yeah, between about, say, 1230 and about 230. That's amazing. Yeah, pretty cool stuff, yeah. I love this stuff. It's, <laughs> never, it's never boring. Now, what's the app you use on your uh, phone? Oh, that's just the College of DuPage radar. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I you don't know, use I... any weather apps. Everything I use is... Really? Because yeah. I've, I've got a, 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 new, a new phone, and what I re- you know, you discover <clears throat> things as you go along yeah. when you get a new phone. Mm-hmm. One of the things I realize is I don't have radar on here, and I need to figure out what radar app I want to put on oh. there. And you use... 
Probably just the College of DuPage is the best. Really? Yeah, codweather.edu. That's what I really? use Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. codweather.edu. Yeah. Okay. That's the best thing out there. I'm going to tip add of the that. hat to Paul Sorotka have... and his crew out there for making this free. All right. Write, I'm writing. Are you writing that down, Peggy? Are you? Codweather.edu. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got Rick DeMaio in studio. Rick, i got to tell you about something that yeah. happened to me in the last couple of days, and Peg, Peggy saw it, too. Uh, well, we had uh, a comment. We posted some stories, or a particular story, on the Facebook page. Oh, was that your long-running rant? Yeah. My, oh, you saw the rant? Yeah. Okay. That uh, was quite a rant. And, and all the follow-up rants? Oh, yep. that I didn't see. I, I If I'm on Facebook for 1.5 minutes a day, that's that's a lot for me. Well, I'm surprised you saw my rant yeah. uh, as it was. Well, because it came up as Mike Novak tagged you. So I went and looked at it, and I went, oh, wow, look at that. And I had to go all the way to the bottom. I did tag you uh, because I wanted you to see what I had there. I actually, I didn't read all of it, but I'm I'm sure that what you wrote was (laughs) correct. I don't know that it was, but I, but I. I made some arguments, and I and then I even amended them, and I mm-hmm. made more arguments. And the thing was, I just it was it was kind of an end of the year thing. Uh-huh. And this guy wrote, uh, and he and he was actually very polite, uh, you know, and not not a crazy ranter. He was a very polite guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and his civil. name his name is Joseph. Very civil. And actually, he said it, it, it was in response to the lack of ice on Lake Michigan on Lake Erie. Okay, what and, was his? And the what lake, he, the lake being warmer, right? And climate variability and change. Yeah, it was. It was how the the you know people were saying snowstorm is proof that that there is no climate change, and they're saying no, no, actually, it's oh, proving God. it. It's showing how much there really is climate change. Okay, right. And so, this is what this is something I've talked about for years, and even something I posted in in uh, the long range outlook in in Natural Awakening. Sorry, I'm not up to my mic. Um, but the warmer it is in October and November, the more, the more open. Yeah, the yeah. more open the And the we had a very, very warm temperatures. We were just talking about yeah. how it faked out the monarch butterflies, and they didn't go south right. fast enough, and some of them might have gotten caught yeah, here. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, but you end up with, as Peg alluded to, is you end up with more intense, heavy lake effect snows early in the season. And and the guy wrote that he says I once I too once believed in catastrophic global warming not so much anymore Al Gore lies the Arctic is yeah, still full of ice that's so silly it's you okay, know the, and, and, and the Arctic the Arctic is always always has ice well yeah but still it's not the same amount of ice as you know I just because I just saw this article. Um, there's less on, of it and on, it's thinner. On Grist, thin it's okay, thinner. it said, there, the headline is, let it go. The Arctic will never be frozen again. Let it go. Yeah, let is it that, go, let yeah. it go. It's about, it's a it's a thing on Frozen, the the mo- Disney movie, okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll explain it to you <laughs> after yeah. the show. Um, but it was. Not le- on my show list either. Yeah, yeah, I got to get out of my show, <laughs> okay. I guess. Uh, but the point is, <laughs> uh, it says, last week at a New Orleans conference center that once doubled as a storm shelter for thousands during Hurricane Katrina, a group of polar scientists made a startling declaration. The Arctic, as we once knew it, is no more. The region is now definitely trending mm-hmm. toward an ice-free state, the scientists said, with wide-ranging ramifications for ecosystems, national security, and the stability of global climate system. It was a fitting venue for an eye-opening reminder that on its current path, <clears throat> civilization is engaged in an existential gamble with the planet's life support system. So scientists, who are these scientists? Um, let when me... I hear that, I'm like, okay, 
who are they, what are they, what's their background? I don't mean to be picky, but... At a press conference announcing the new assessment, acting NOAA administrator Timothy Gallaudet emphasizes the huge impact these changes were having on everything from tourism to fisheries to worldwide weather patterns. Mm. What happens in the Arctic doesn't stay in the Arctic. It affects the rest of the planet, he said. So these are NOAA people uh, Mm. who, who got together, and they're saying... There's a new norm in the Arctic. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, we, we've noticed that in the months of uh, between, like, the middle of October and the end of November, before we finally get into a decidedly winter pattern, that the pattern across the northern latitudes between, like, 70 and 80 north was very wavy. Mm-hmm. It was re- it, that's not normal. It was like, it was like this, kept wavy, 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 yeah. wavy. And that was mainly due to the fact that the Arctic is now more open, so it's transferring a lot of heat to the atmosphere and allowing these storms to become basically more what we see down here in the mid latitudes. So one of the one of the ramifications is that of that is that that windier condition actually moves the ice around more hmm. and it breaks it up much more efficiently than just warm temperatures. Mm-hmm. So it used to be believed that just warm temperatures broke up ice, now it's wind as well. Uh. So we're seeing that positive feedback move into an area that we've never seen before. And that's what they're worried about. Yeah, is are these unknowns that we don't know that's out there based on, uh, based on what we know now? I mean, the, the planet's you know still teaching us a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, and I think everybody wants to make sure we don't ignore it because these things, once they begin to rear their ugly heads, um, it's it's gone. <laughs> that's I think what they're what they're worried about. Well, it's irreversible at that point. And so the trend get, is what I'm saying. Getting not, get back to not the outcome. Getting back to this this uh, oh this argument this about post and oh, it, yeah. well, but this the guy was saying the same old stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Sort of lazy. We have lay, to come up with a different narrative is, to defend it. Which is there's cold <clears throat> weather, so there can't possibly right, be right. any climate change. Yeah, okay, we get Chicago gets cold, so that's so the end of the you know yeah, it was I, the third I, coldest I winter on record. Here, here's my here's the best way to respond to that. I keep coming up with these new things. All okay, right? all right, all right. You're in college for four years. You end up graduating with a three point seven five. At a certain point, were you really, really, really upset? When you failed a quiz, the answer probably is yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, failing a quiz when you're a sophomore in a biology class when you're a business major is like having a record cold temperature in the middle of January and saying, "See, see, there's no global warming." <laughs> you're right. It, it, in the long run, it doesn't have much of an effect. Zero way. effect. Yeah. Zero effect. So I ask the people, I go, "Okay, so if something like that bothers you." Then you're not really thinking logically and rationally. Well, you're not thinking globally either. And and the other thing, right? And then when you and when you re- equate that to a four year degree, it's not that you're thinking globally. You're not thinking scale. And I keep mm-hmm. talking about scale, size, and time. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about getting back to what you just said. Globally, it's a big friggin' planet, and it's going to be around here for many, many, many more years. And it's been around here for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But the impact that humans have had on it in a very, very short time, has been incredibly dramatic. And that's what we have to be worried about. And one of the things they always say, and and it came up in this argument, was, hey, we've had these cycles before. And the point I make is... Say, yeah, you're right. We have, but we've never had these cycles with 7 billion people on the planet before. Right, and expected 3.5 billion more. And And, and, all the fossil fuel extraction. And pumping 40 billion tons of carbon dioxide Mm. into the atmosphere every year. And as what Peg alluded to was, now you have India and China 
you know, drilling and mining and burning coal. So the, the, the stack of chips is not favored in, in the positive way, in the right way. Good. That's why he's here. <laughs> I, I need his help. All right. It's Rick DeMaio. Climate and weather. We're going to wrap this up for two, 2017. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Whatever. The Mike Novak <laughs> what, Show. What year is it? I don't know. Just blow the thing. Well, we'll be right back. Here's the bad news. One out of every six Americans doesn't know where their next meal will come from. What's the good news? You can help. This year, instead of decorating your holiday table with flowers, use an arrangement of fresh, uncut fruits and veggies, which can be donated to a local food pantry. Share a photo of your centerpiece with the hashtag AmpleCenterpiece, and you could win a $50 gift certificate to Gardner Supply Company. Go to ampleharvest.org holiday to learn more. It's time for Food Drive 2.0. The most popular form of giving in the U.S. is getting a makeover. And the Give Healthy movement and Amp Your Good are leading the way. It's now possible to donate fresh fruits and vegetables and other healthy foods to those facing hunger in our communities. Here's how it works. You visit the website of your food drive, pick out the healthy items you want to donate, and they do the rest. You get a tax receipt, folks get healthy food. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. It reminds me of a friend of mine in the caroling group. Welcome back. Our friend David Zaber. Uh, just tweeted that, and he's showing his screen from his phone, and I think it's uh, uh, minus 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, he's it, in... Or something. Oh, okay. He's in Wisconsin? I think he's in Wisconsin. Uh, Mr. Uh, Zaber, where where are you, Mr. Zaber? Uh, let us know. No, I want to know where yeah. it's minus 32 right now, he's because right here it's about 9 degrees in Chicago. Yeah. And the, KC says the audio's low again. Yeah. Okay. The coldest thing I have in Wisconsin is minus 17 right now. So I don't know where he is yeah. exactly. Uh, let's go to the phone. Bill Turk is uh, is on uh, the line. Uh, Mr. Turk, uh, good morning and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, hey, just a quick question for Rick. Yes, yeah, sure, um, we, we seem to be ahead on weather. In, in other words, we're, we seem to be all, all year long, or, or the trend seems to be we're a couple of months ahead on everything. Is Actually, this... I think we're we're a couple of months behind if you think about it. Really? Yeah, really? yeah. Okay. Because I, because I, I was... go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was I was going to say I'm wondering if because we usually see these these really hard cold snaps in you know January <laughs> and February, and we're already getting rocked with them now. And I so I you know what I I I, I think what I think what I uh, should have said was we're we're behind in the spring and we're ahead in the fall. I think that's what I meant. Uh, so yeah, like like August is acting like um, uh, well, September acts like August, and then October acts like September, and then November acts like October. Is that what you mean? Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. it, it, we seem to be seeing you know, it, this is weather that we would normally get hammered with um, in the middle of winter, and, and yeah. it just seems to be coming early. This year. You know what? I I think Bill, around here in Northern Illinois, um, you can get into some extremely cold weather once you get into that last uh, that the last two weeks of December. I don't know how long you've lived here, but I remember back Forever. in Forever. Yeah, well, you remember back in '83. <laughs> 
Uh, we had some of the coldest temperatures ever in in, in the Midwest. Um, I and I was up in Wisconsin when that happened, and that was extremely cold. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's typically like the 1st to about the 15th of January when you yeah. have that. I think what you have to do is is you have to take it again outside the context of Chicago. Chicago yeah. can get it pretty much from about the 20th of December to about almost the 20th of February. But when you look at how widespread this cold is, um, it's probably a little bit colder than normal considering the cold wave currently goes all the way from the northern Rockies down to Texas um, yeah. and into the southeast and New England. So, yeah, you're you're right about that. Um, but it, it also seems, and I think you would probably agree, um, normal doesn't exist anymore. Have, have you Indeed. kind of— Right. It, it, yeah. And when someone said to me, um, well, the the lakes are wide open, um, but yet we're getting all the snow. How is that happening? Well, kind of like what you were just alluding to. You know, we were incredibly warm in October and November. And yeah. some of the lakes were actually running about five to eight degrees above normal. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the heavy lake effect snow occurred. And I was just at the lakefront yesterday and I was pleased to see that there's a good solid eight to 10 feet of shore ice, which is actually mm-hmm. really good because in the years that we have not had uh, ice and Peggy can uh, talk about this as well. The North shore of Lake Michigan from Chicago all the way up to about Lake, Lake forest and Highland park gets absolutely destroyed when we have strong Northeast winds. So that ice is a really nice, um, it, it's a protectorant. Except it's yesterday, at least up off Highland park, it was all away from the shore. Yeah, probably because the wind yeah. blew out of the west. But I guarantee you, later on today, when the wind shifts are a little bit more to the northeast, whatever ice is out there, that mm-hmm. pancake ice, it'll be back up against the shoreline. So when you when Thanks, you guys. see when happy, you happy New Year, happy New Year. <laughs> okay, we're gonna let him go. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. And, yeah, just, by the way, Rick, please give us some hope in the forecast. <laughs> next <laughs> next Saturday, it, the the pattern breaks. Next Saturday for sure. God bless you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm building a shrine to you now. Thanks. Thanks say, say to Hill Mary. Happy New happy Year, now. Bill. Happy New Year. All right. Uh, we're, we're not going to be able to go through a top ten. but uh, no, the, but you could the, pick and choose. The big, well, the big event <laughs> of the year, in my, in my mind, were, uh, there's two, basically. The wildfires and the hurricanes. Oh, yeah. so we're getting out of Chicago then. Well, well we could go in Chicago. I, I'll tell you what. But no, in, no, four, no. in four minutes, we've got Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> no, this is good because next week uh, at this time, uh, I won't be with you. I'll be on the plane to Austin. Uh, for the annual AMS conference and the um, the the town hall meeting that's going to be taking place Monday night uh, is the 2017 hurricane season. Hmm. Uh, it's impacts. Um, how do we forecast or can we forecast something like that? Um, and is there a better way of warning people about it? I think you could have a town hall meeting on the wildfires as well, because from a standpoint of deaths related to a natural disaster, the wildfires in Santa Rosa, I think, surprised yeah. everybody. When you have 40 people die due to a natural event, yeah. and meteorologists could have probably done a better job of figuring that out, we now have to think more about not so much the event but how it impacts people. Mm-hmm. And bringing in population growth uh, is something that is is one of the more challenging things. A forecast is a forecast. But how it impacts people is, is yeah. another part of it, and that's what you always talk about, yeah. though. Yeah. Is that, you know how is how does it affecting it's, folks? It's the hard it's the hardest thing in the world. But I, I guarantee you, there's going to be a lot of people at that town hall meeting um, you know, next Monday. I'll be there Sunday at literally one in the afternoon. And I'll be grading. I'll be judging uh, posters uh, from undergraduates across mm. the United States. 
Wow. Yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to see that. And and the other thing, the after effects, uh, obviously the, the wildfires is, is one thing, and hurricanes are another. The the two things that I that I take away are 50 inches of rain in Houston oh, and, nice. and how, how do we deal with that in the future because there will be more events like that. But more importantly— And in mainstream media, that gets forgotten very quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. You know, at, at what point does Houston learn a lesson and, and start to think about how things should be like in Denmark? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to think— Otherwise, it's going to happen again. Yeah, and that and that's what that's what meteorologists are there for is yeah. how do we get into these people's minds that you have to think about uh, how to how to change the infrastructure of your city or you're looking at another hundred and twenty yeah. billion dollar disaster. How, how to mitigate, be resilient, or suffer. And right. the other thing right. I wanted to say was the the misery, the suffering still going on in Puerto Rico, and that's not being addressed at all either. It, it it is in smaller circles. Very not not a large enough picture because they are Americans and we have right. abandoned them basically. Yeah. Um. And it's disgraceful. It's a disgrace to our country. Uh. And uh. uh it's the power. What was that? Cat five or cat four when it hit? Uh, it was category four. Four. But yeah. four in in an island of that type of infrastructure is more like a ten. I mean, they just can't handle that. Yeah. yeah. You cannot handle that. So it was really interesting, and I know we don't have a lot of time here, but I was talking with a couple of friends of mine who were in from Florida, and he said, my house can withstand Cat 3. And I said, I don't want to hear that, because in his mind, Cat 3 was wind. He was a person who's been living in Florida for 25 years, and he wasn't thinking of storm surge. He he was thinking of wind, and that's where you have to change people's attitudes, is a category isn't always related to wind. You have to start thinking differently. Everything else is right. Uh, I'm going to ask you a quick one, Randall. If we, if I bring up music instead of you, can I do that here? All right, because that'll that'll be our our our, our closing music here. Because I think I, I I was trying to find that music I was playing earlier. So give us a forecast there, Rick, and I and I will slide this up underneath us. We've got thirty seconds. Um, mid-teens today, single digits tomorrow. So the cold Ooh. actually gets reinforced tonight. Ten to fifteen below tomorrow morning. Ew. Single digits on Tuesday. Mid teens on Wednesday. Mid teens Thursday. Mid teens Friday, and then finally it breaks on Saturday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. This has been cold. Yeah, it has been it's really been cold. cold, and I still didn't get it right. On ah, uh, you know, I didn't get it. Next year I'll get it right. So all I got to say uh, to to anybody is. Shut up, Wesley. All right, happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks for everybody, and thanks for a great year. <laughs> 